notice their reflection now they're moving in the one direction it's a mass infection of narcissism or they can take both the cheeks of my ass and they can kiss and just relive it the same story it's written in blood and bound with vain glory with egos by skinny leeches and obsessed by skinny creatures dressed on the carpet at the logies we're God's children, but we're in the car park while he's playing the pokies. We're wearing ice skates on a In the horse's road. mouth. You're in the horse's we're mouth. It's coming from the horse's road. mouth. My name is John Teague. And whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you for listening. Uh, that song there, that was The Rubber Bones again. The album is Monkey Skills and the song is Birds Can't Sing. That's Nick Farnell and Braden Valance. Thanks, boys. Um, so today, well, yesterday, actually, yesterday, I had the good fortune of talking to one of Australia's leading surfboard shapers. Um, he's a great bloke. His name's Corey Graham. Um, he's got an awesome, awesome little business there in Torquay where it's a, it's a family deal. It's a family deal. His dad's in there. Well, it's not all family, but his wife, uh, she does a lot of the artwork and, uh, one of the guys, Taylor, he's not quite family, but he may as well be, um, just good vibes good vibes and Corey's got a great story you know he came up under a lot of awesome shapers um and and you know he's, he's sort of part of part of the fabric part of the fabric of what is what is the industry of that town so that was a cool talk uh what else today it's my birthday I'm 39 years old uh far out anyway whatever I mean you don't want to get too vain on this shit because Everybody is getting a day older every day. You know, these people, I'm so old. Well, we're all getting old every day. Yeah, so make the most of it. <laughs> what a loser. I'm trying <laughs> make the most of it, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, what else? I think I spoke last time about being on Tinder a bit, um, maybe out of boredom, maybe out of loneliness. Who knows? Um, I'll say boredom. It's safer. Um I'm off it. I can't do it. I, I try, I download that thing. I play around with it. it. It keeps me amused for about a week and then it just starts to do my head in. Uh, I get, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I get obs- not obsessive. I don't know. I just can't stop looking at my phone. And when I can't stop looking at my phone, it starts to fuck up my thoughts. So it's not healthy for me. For me, I can only say for me. You know, a lot of people love it. And if I say to people how I give Tinder a bit of a bashing, uh, people are quite protective of their their uh, precious, their precious. Anyway, look, I'm going to stop waffling on. That's just what's going on for me today. My birthday. I'm Tinder free. That's good. Um, without further ado, he's quite I will do it without you. Yeah, without you better yeah. Yeah. Am I ready with wow. you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, let's see. You got All right, CGS. Let's go back to the start. All right. Now, I want to know this. Yes. Your old man, was he shaping before he was glassing? Oh. Was he his Kind of. It was a bit of a different process back then because he was working with Midget up in Sydney and he was doing... Midget Fairley. Yeah, yeah. And he was literally doing nothing but cutting boards out of blanks, cutting, drawing them on, cutting them out, squaring them up. So you know how lovely that is on just one board. Yeah. That was Dad's job all day because there was no computer shaping machines. Yeah. Probably the world's 
most well-known surfer at the time. Midget. Midget. Yeah. And all that. So dad literally worked his way through the factory there. So would he put a board on a blank or would he have, they use a template? He'd, yeah, they had a template. You'd draw it on. Yeah. He'd cut it out. Now we're talking blanks four, five inches thick back then with just an old school handsaw. And yeah, squaring them up all day. Next. Next. So yeah. he would just cut them out and then someone would shape them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who was shaping for him? Um, well, at the time he was working with Bob McTavish was yeah. working there too. And um, oh, he's... He's named a hell of a lot of people that were working there. But, um, well, Bobby's pretty prevalent. Bob is one <laughs> of them, yeah. Um, but then they kind of all went off and started their own little things and Dad was very happy to remain just in the background yeah. doing stuff. So he became kind of Midget's right-hand man and Midget still rings. He rang last week. He still rings all the time and... Dad's got letters that Midget would send back from <coughs> Hawaii of this board design concept he'd come up with and blah, 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 start making these. And he'd write all the measurements. And yeah, so Dad just hung out doing his thing with Midget for I don't even know how long. Dad's timeline is. Right, yeah. You know, is ambiguous the, w- yeah. the right word? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot, like you're saying, you've spoken to all these people with that lived a full life. Rusty lived a full life before he even got here, you know, before he even met mum. Right, And right, had right. us, yeah, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, yeah, he worked with Midget for a long time and he's been, you know, an ab diver and he's... Really? Yeah, and he... But his main thing was after Midget, him and his mate, um, bought an old school bus, gutted it out, turned it into a surfboard factory on wheels and took their time slowly driving down the coast, making crew boards, doing ding repairs in the car parks and, yeah. It's like a, like a, a rolling meth lab, but... It's like dream. the most ridiculously... <laughs> it's a bomb on wheels. Yeah imagine, yeah, yeah. yeah, imagine stacking into that with acetone and, like, literally... Do like, you reckon that's where they got Breaking Bad, the idea from? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they they literally got to Melbourne, and my my dad um, met mum, and so was he. Your old man was from Sydney. He was originally from Queensland. Yeah, and he left school at like fourteen or something, thirteen, and and yeah, yeah, just loved surfing. Loved he just slowly tracked his way down to here. You know, you know, that's why I'm saying about his ambiguous timeline. He doesn't have any idea of how long it took him to get here. You know, yeah. it just he just eventually rolled downhill and he reached the bottom, and here we are. Yeah, yeah. So, what year did he get down here? I think he got here in '67, '67, I think, because he happened to roll into town right when the boys from Rip Curl were starting up. And Dad knew everything they needed to know about surfboards. And, you know, he rolled into a town where they employed people that make surfboards. The most unemployable job on the planet. He found a job working in a town where the surf industry just boomed kind of when he got here. So he's been here ever since. Serendipitous. I know. It's weird. Yeah. No plan. So he was really just coming down to surf bells. 
Yeah, I, I don't even think they had an end game. Right. You know, they just, they were doing it yeah. till it was done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, because you can only last on that for how long, you know. They were just riding their luck, really. Do you think, I reckon though, that in the 60s, it seemed probably more, I don't know, people still do it today. People just yeah. fucking goof off. Yeah, yeah. And I... But there's a romantic romantic notion to do it in the 60s. But also, back then, there was really, if you think about it, this is pre-Rip Curl, pre-Quicksilver, there was no industry. There was no yeah. surf industry. There was yeah. nothing. So I, I, I don't even think there was really a Bell's Beach, you know. They were just driving mm. and doing it. And, yeah, Dad always just said, we we're just going to do it till... The wheels fell off. Yeah, something happened. <laughs> so, you know, and something happened. And, you know, here he is still making boards. So, yeah. It's so awesome yeah. to see how passionate he's out there yeah. still, you know. He keep, I'm never retiring, Corey. I'm <laughs> never, no. Pe- people that retire from their jobs hate their jobs. Yeah. You know, yeah. he doesn't. He, he's still, he's got things he wants to do. He doesn't. He's in the cars. He wi- he wishes people had stopped telling him to retire. Really? People tell him to retire? Yeah. He's oh, you're still out. You should retire now. But he, he loves coming to work. So if he retired, he'd be here the next morning ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because he'd be doing it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, Taylor, just, you got anything I can do? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, he still rocks up every every Saturday morning, even on the weekend when he's supposed to have the the weekend off still comes in anything you want me to do you want to do it on you know can i i'll hang here for a while while you don't just go on do yeah, yeah. you got a house <laughs> go go <laughs> yeah. go to it <laughs> yeah so it, you know but i mean that right now with him in africa like yeah. a month away from here um this is massive for him though a month away from here away from an ocean and racing cars. Yeah. This, it's a loser territory. He'll be tapping his foot under the table every evening for dinner, <laughs> you know? Well, maybe seeing a few tigers and lions might chill him a little bit. Yeah, who knows? But he's always, he's, he's tried ringing like three times already to see how everything's going here. I'm just not picking up. Yeah, right. I'm not. You're on <laughs> holiday, bro. Try it out. Your mum's yeah. there too? Yeah, mum. Yeah. Yep, sister. How'd your sister meet her husband in South Africa? Uh, no, she met him in Melbourne. And I've got no idea. Right. I say, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> leave probably, it alone. Probably best, I don't know. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But they met, they're happy. They got a grom. They got another one on the way. Yeah. So you then smell, this smell that we're smelling. Yeah. I love this smell. Yeah. Every time I walk in. Yeah. That I resin, hear that a lot. That just, there's something. Yeah. And you grew up. You probably you probably yeah. hate it by now. You don't. I, I can't smell it. Really, but if somebody walks in here with like tomato sauce on a meat pie, I can smell that sauce like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> or girls' perfume <laughs> when they walk in here. Yeah, I don't even have to see them. I'll, you know, I become this weird meerkat sniffer. Yeah, sniffer dog. Sniffer. <laughs> <laughs> I've become a weird sniffer. Who is it? Who's that? <laughs> I smelt you coming, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I think because of my, my nose has almost become superhuman because it's had to go above these. Oh, yeah. Smell. Yeah. You know, so I can't smell it. This is my home. 
yeah, I've grown up since I, I can't even remember my, f- like, yeah, I was on the floor. There was no daycare, so I, whenever mum couldn't have me, I'd be in the factory. Yeah. Dad, so. Fingers in the resin. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So some kids have paper routes. Mm-hmm. I had it easy. Were you, did, were yeah. you fixing dings? Was um, that, what was your first no, job? No, like just sweeping, cleaning, shaping bays. That's yeah. how I picked up things, is cleaning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you watched and you're intrigued. So this, this was across the road? This was on what is now the Rip Curl Warehouse. Just um, over here? Just right there, right behind you there. You can see Rip Curl Warehouse 3 sign yeah. next to Might Attend there. That used to be the old factory. It used to be a part of the Rip Curl building back then. So, yeah, I, that my first memories are growing, and there's still resin on the floor in their warehouse and paint on the floor from us. Um, but that that my upbringing is that factory. It is the smell. It is the dust in there. Dad, one of my most vivid memories from back then is one day I was playing up the back of the... It had a roof cavity. I don't know what the roof was made of. So I, I hope it was all good. But I was what playing you, what, in the what, roof what, cavity. What, oh, you're saying asbestos all, or something? Asbestos yeah, and yeah, all yeah. covered in all kinds of ungodly who knows what. Yeah. Um, but I was playing up there in all the blanks and foam dust and everything and Dad just left and locked the factory. But I kept playing for another couple of hours not knowing he wasn't even there. But this is before I didn't even know my home phone number. I didn't know nothing and I was locked in the factory. Um... Till Dad finally came back, and I, th- I thought I left you here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, well, I was, what were you doing? I was, I was. Well, by that stage, I was losing it. You know, yeah. but but yeah, I was just playing, and Dad just left, and yeah, locked me in the factory for I don't even know. And I think a Mum actually dawned onto Dad that yeah, you know, Miss Corey, I left him with you, and yeah, <laughs> so maybe. Maybe that's why I work the hours I do. It's, you know, oh, who knows? Yeah. Some, something weird happened to me that evening. How old were you then? I was young. I was really young. Um, I guess I was in, in, yeah, prep or grade one. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So when you're at school mm-hmm. and you're around this mm-hmm. business, yeah. did you know that or did you think like, oh, I want to be a fireman? You know, I wanted to be a builder. Did you? Yeah. Well, my, uh, but it's okay, yeah. Yeah, I, that's all I ever wanted to be. The and surfing, mate, sounds weird, but <clears throat> having a dad that made surfboards was totally normal to me. I, I didn't realise it was this kind of weird other vocation that doesn't fit anywhere in the spectrum. Yeah. Normality, yeah. you know. Well, there's something magical about it to yeah, everybody else. to everybody else. But to me, like... I remember sitting between dad's legs on the floor watching TV, picking resin out of the hairs on his legs. You know, that's, uh, it was, all that stuff's totally normal. So for me, surfboards and being around them, it's just like my furniture. Mm. I've known them. They've been a part of my whole kind of. So when you were. Upbringing. How old were you when you just, when you thought, I want to shape a board? I was. 12 and dad made me hassle for a year till I was 13. What do you mean? Well, he wouldn't let me do it because blanks was hard to get and cost so much. Yeah. That, um, 
a hassle. And I really want to be a shaper. And he he did his damned best to not to steer you away, steer me away from it. He, uh, you don't want to be a shaper. You don't you don't want to be in this. Go get a good education and. But and did you did you finish school? No, didn't you? No, you went to school well, at Samo for a while. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, at the end of year eleven, they said, "Look, Corey, we're going to have to keep you back because you haven't, you know, you've you've actually." F- I used to hitchhike home every lunchtime from Oberon. Yeah. So, at the end of year eleven, they said, "Look, you you haven't done." X amount of hours or whatever you need. It was like an 80% like admittance rate or something. You had to go to 80% of your classes to just pass. And I I smashed that. I wasn't, I wasn't there for half of them. Mm. So they said, look, we're going to have to keep you down. And I just told them, you're going to have to keep me down again and again and again because I have no intention of passing. I, I have every intention. My mum wants me to finish school. She didn't say pass. So just put me up. Put me through it, spit me out, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. And how they take to that? <clears throat> well, they couldn't be asked with the fight. Yeah, so they put me in the year twelve. I failed that beautifully, and <laughs> so I, did I, I literally, I was literally the day after um, my year twelve graduation, like that, my last day of school, muck up day. You know, you drink too much, you get ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> I was in my shaping bay the next day throwing up shaping. So in you. I was yeah, I was I was shaping boards all my way through year eleven and twelve. And I knew that's what I was gonna do. I still wasn't making money from it. Yeah. But So at that point you were just shaping for mates? Or mates yourself? Myself, mates, mates, mates. Yeah, and, and but yeah. at cost or were you trying to make money off it or just trying to get numbers up? I didn't even like no, I was just Somebody wanted a board. It was another opportunity to make another board. I yeah. didn't care about making money. Yeah. I didn't need money. Yeah, I had a treadley and I didn't pay rent. And uh, I was yeah. You know, it's yeah. funny. You, you you lived the you were living the path that I wanted to mm. live when I was in year eleven. Yeah, right. I wrote to um, Brownie. Yeah, when yeah, he was right. Gash, Unreal. Gash, yeah. Wrote to him from school and said mm. I was wondering if you'd take me on as an apprentice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I did an apprenticeship with Brownie. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, but I I think I only got in because of Dad. Yeah. Well, the way that started was when Dad, when I got under Dad's feet a little too much, he'd go, can you go to Brownie's and see if he's got the brass magnet? Not knowing that that was code between those two boys. So I went to Brownie's and said, look, look I'm here for Dad. He wants the brass magnet. <laughs> And Brandy's gone, oh, okay, rightio, I know. It's in my shaping base somewhere, but I think it's under all the foam dust. I tell you what, grab the broom and the spade and clean my room up and it'll be under the foam dust somewhere. No way. I cleaned his base spotless and so I'd come out, no brass magnet. And he goes, right, maybe try Peter Ashley's. <laughs> and then off I'd go, looking for this damn brass magnet. or um, That is so funny. Or this, not knowing that there's no such thing, and I was, uh, and they were all in on it, and they were all having a good old laugh at me cleaning all their shaping bays around town. Yeah, so that was my, intri- and I think Brownie saw how much of a good job I did on his shaping bay. So when Dad said, "Do you mind putting him under your wing?" Because Dad was glassing, he didn't have time to coach me in shaping. He knew the the basics, but surfboards had changed a lot since. So he, yeah, so I worked with Brownie for a few years. So was that in the nineties? 
Yeah. Yeah. That was in the wild days. Yeah. 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 Crazy. He's... Can I ask this? I mean, I'm sure Brownie wouldn't yeah. mind, but I did hear a rumour that Brownie drove his ute off into the front yep. of Torquay Beach and yep. uh, rode a few people checks off the back. Yep. yep. <laughs> it all happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, there was... Still, surfing was still not mainstream or popular. There was no money. There was nothing. And it attracted a lot of wild people. Surfing's almost a little gentrified now compared to what was going on um, back then. And, yeah, that was crazy. I've seen and been in all sorts of crazy. It's been fun. But you, yeah, I mean, you look at that and you just look at how, yeah. like, everything, like, you look at pro surfing now. Yeah. And what the pros used to be like back then. Yeah. You know, oh. they weren't these yeah. um, polished, <laughs> no, no. Uh, media-driven. They weren't media performance. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen, I like, well, for example, like, even Simon Anderson still stays at my parents' house. And um, he was there when he won the 81 Bells and it was normal for pros to be at the house and winning bells and having after parties at the house so i don't nowadays no they've got they're down at the sands or in Wyndham, and they're in you know they've got entourages and you have to speak to their management to speak to them and you know it's all very very different but then like again like the whole industry there was no money in it they were doing it the love right. and they'd literally get enough money to get to the next event and yeah. but yeah that was I've seen yeah I've seen some great things yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. great things yeah yeah what about Lynchy an enigma an enigma yeah yeah but I he didn't like all that stuff no no he 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 shied away from all that stuff and he, you could see there was something more going on, and I even knew that back as a, a young guy wanting to learn to shape. You know, there's pretty much in that era, like Lynch was at the top of the pile, you know, and to try to even get to bump into him, even though he was working around town here, he was, no. you ghost. No, full ghost. Yeah. Yeah, full enigma. Now I've met him a bunch of times. I've known him quite well oh here's a really nice guy oh he's awesome yeah yeah yeah. but back then i'm glad i didn't meet him because i would have been too shit scared to like he was an enigma like Mm. and he had the beard and all like this whole holy thing was awesome i remember about 12 years ago i was working in the bottle shop and he drove through yeah and uh yeah I mean, he probably shouldn't have been driving through. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But he was in great yeah. form and, oh, yeah. God damn it, made my day. Well, see, I <laughs> saw him in great form with some of the gas Christmas parties we'd have in July because yeah. um, we're always too busy in summer. Yeah. And, yeah, just... just It's good seeing and being in the in the presence of these guys when it's a... It's totally unguarded and it's you're in the inner little sanctum and you're all going nuts together. Mm. Yeah, you know, and there's yeah, there's a total relaxed nature about it all. Well your career's pretty much cut from a pretty uh yeah. extinguished cloth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've with no intention. I've I've just been in the right place and yeah. with the right father, to tell you the absolute truth. And and 
not saying I've just been blessed with all this. I've had to work my guts out. And, and, but like you, you said about Dad being, it being serendipitous that he came here, it's also for me, it like it, with the boom of the industry and everything, I've been kind of here doing it. And it hasn't been a smooth ride as I think, you know, we've touched on before how when I walked away and no, all that will, stuff but but no hold on so yeah go back we're going back to you were shaping you come <clears throat> started shaping yeah you're getting kicked around a bit yeah. you're learning off brownie yeah and at which point did where did that transition into your now an established because that couldn't have just happened overnight well then from brownie um I was working with him just in the factory over here um, and then I went back to Dad's factory because I was, of course, I was always going back there. Now, was that this one here or was that the one over the, over the road? Over the road. Yeah. And I was shaping boards out of there, bringing them over here. I was kind of everywhere doing everything. And then um, Dad got approached from Pipe Dreams to take over the shop front of the factory and Murray Burton and those guys saw this. And at this point, I know I was 17. And, um, and they were intrigued by a, a young guy that knew how to handshape, where they were coming from profile machines up on the Goldie and stuff. And that, they, that, that was already happening? That was already happening. But it's primitive now um, compared to now. There's no computers. There's a man holding a router, running it over a jig. You know, okay. so it was um, very different. But um, they wanted a, a young guy that could surf, knew about boards, and and um, he was known and all that stuff. And they said, well, we could use a local shaper too. So it, it literally, while I was still working with Brownie, I I got this offer from to shape for Pipe Dreams. And well, oh, oh, right. Yeah, this is pretty cool. And I went up and stayed and lived on the Goldie for a while and they trained me up on all their, their methods and techniques. And so, and at that point... That would have been a pretty, pretty cool experience. Yeah, I was I was there, you know, getting mentored by... So I've been mentored by Brownie back here. And by the end of my time there, I was, I was, I was getting mentored by Lynchy as well. And then I moved up to the Goldie and I was getting mentored by Murray Burton and he also had Kenny Remus in the factory, a guy called Lance Murphy, who I'm not sure if he shapes anymore, and Darren Hanley. So all of a sudden I found myself in the presence of all these guys and, you know, I'm like... Were they welcoming? Murray's the most welcoming dude ever. Yeah. He's a pisser. Yeah. He's unreal. And um, he taught me huge amounts about actual... Boards. not just how to shape them but what does what what it does when you put more kick or you know yeah. what it what a thicker thinner he taught me concaves he taught me a lot about the nuts and bolts but um totally accepting of a 17 year old um that could hand shape That's which pretty is, young to be up floating around up on the gold yeah with, yeah it's awesome with they just said oh look here's a Go live in a share house with these dudes. <clears throat> these dudes were wild. And, like, the bong was a permanent fixture on two <laughs> different tables in the house, you know? So, um, and, you know, I, I had parents that were willing to 
all right, go do. Yeah. Make good choices, yeah. you know. And off I went and off I did it. And um, and I didn't, and especially that young, I was just thinking, this is just the way this rolls. This is just how it happens becoming a surfboard shaper. I've since learnt that uh, it isn't how it happens. This, You know, you're not just given all these opportunities. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like with Brownie and with Pipe Dreams and and um, all that, this, you know, I was, I was amazing. I was meant to be. Oh, I don't know what it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it just happened to be. Yeah. And so I lived up there for I don't know how many months and then the Goldie, I, got, I had to get out of the Goldie because you're cause coming the bongs. From, well, the bongs <laughs> didn't help, but, <laughs> but also... It was traffic lights and there was madness and it was it was crazy. The the people I was living with and working with were on a different level of. I was still seventeen. I still couldn't go to the pub with these boys. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I I missed my group and you know my home and all that. So I came back and then I was working shaping for Pipe Dreams on my kind of so I was under their banner and I was working in the shop and doing that and then Rip Curl gave me a call said we would like you to become one of our shapers I'm saying me oh cool so I rang Pipe Dream said I've been given this great opportunity and then before I know it I was hand shaping for Rip Curl and I was doing boards for their shop here Queensland New South Wales Japan New Zealand and and it was just normal. Mm. I don't know. It just it didn't seem not normal. <laughs> now I know it's hugely not normal. But well, that's when we that's where we crossed paths when I was yeah. working in the shop. There. Yeah, working in the shop. And they were fun days, is it? Good days. Then, yeah. And that's also when um, you were shaping boards for Simon uh, Rhodes. Yep. Remember Rhodes? Yep. Yeah. 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 I still remember him so well. I know. It's ridiculous how well I, I know his face. I was thinking about him. I don't know if it was this morning or yesterday, but just yeah. one of the bravest people I think I've ever yeah. met. Yeah, he was. I, you know, you get some people that bitch when their cup of coffee's too hot. Yeah, yeah you know, right, yeah. Oh, and I had this guy. Yeah, I'm waiting. I think I get my double lung transplant or whatever it is next week. So I'm ordering a board now for when I get better. Yeah, and I'm like, fucking hell, man! You're talking about you getting your lungs taken out. And he was fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was... So, you know, people like that stay with you. Holy and he shit. stayed with me. I was heartbroken. I, was, I really was shattered when he passed. Oh, I no. was like, yeah. you know, he was... He was somebody that saw the light in an absolute shit circumstance. You know what I mean? So I quite often think about him when I'm surfing. And I'm, yeah. you know, if, something's, if I'm down or something and yeah. I'm in the water and I'd just be yeah. like... Yeah, 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 I'm just totally. So lucky to still be here and yep. experiencing life, and don't yeah. sweat the small shit. No, that's exactly right, and that's a lesson I I got from people like him and other things in my life. But yeah, so what if your coffee's too hot? Yeah, yeah, blow on it, drink it later. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, our paths crossed in Rippy. Yeah. So then, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, and then. As a part of a supplement to my shape, minimal to no shaping wage, I had to work in the shop 
that's where we were together and I was put in there. Claw said, you're up there, you're going to manage the surfboards department, you know, you're going to you're going to um, manage that and um, I'm going over the head of all the shop management, you know, this, this is my deal and if they've got a problem with it, tell them to speak to me. <laughs> so hence why I got away with murder in the shop. I was, some, I was drunk in there a few times, quite a few times, stoned in there quite a few times. Well, just take that back 10, 15 years. That would have been yeah. the norm anyway. That would have, it was pretty normal for yeah. me at that point. Um, yeah, And for it, shop staff. And for most of the shop staff. And, and they couldn't fire me. They yeah. were powerless against me. And it's weird when you've got the owner of the business vouching for you. Well, they like, probably liked literally, it. Literally, yeah, they put me there and... And that was fun, not very productive, but a great time. And then my shaping started getting busier and busier and busier. And, you know, hand shaping. So each board's take me, you know, two and a half, three hours. So soon it just became too much and I just pulled out of the shop altogether and just straight up shaped. I was five boards a day, five days a week, hand shaping. Still for the shop? For everywhere, everywhere, for curl, yeah, kind of all through Australasia, yeah. So New Zealand, Japan, um, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's weird. And but it just kept evolving. Yeah, yeah, know, the yeah. whole shaping thing, you know. And yeah, before I knew it, I was just full time production shaper, and I was getting, you know, getting orders and. Phone calls of... How many boards a day? Five boards a day. That's so intense. Five days a week. Yeah. But that at that point, I was getting paid uh, about four, 30 or $40 per board I was shaping. 30 know? or 40 Dollars, yeah. Yeah, so... <clears throat> There's an incentive there to crank out a fair few each well, day. Well, you, you kind of... Yeah, you, you had to keep going hard. But, you know, at that point... There wasn't a huge... I wasn't outlaying any money to make the boards. Rip Curl were paying for every scrap of material. Okay. So it was no problem to me because I was no money outlaying. I just had this ocean of blanks and I just kept going, going, going. So I... And boards... We did sell a lot of boards. I was making huge amounts of boards and they were going off... I was just... It was weird just to my next order and this one's off to Japan blah 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 and you know and I was going I was going over to Japan and for the opening of the new Rip Curl shop and signing autographs which was <laughs> really <laughs> weird you know like what on earth yeah. me awesome but yeah doing, doing all that kind of stuff so just a dude that really never had ambitions for anything I mean Japan signing autographs and I got no, well when I saw the table with everything out and prepared and I saw the people and I asked the guy what's that all about he said that's for you it's like I think there's been a breakdown <laughs> in communication here I don't know you know yeah. I just make surfboards and yeah. they said, but they appreciate that over here you know and yeah yeah that was my first peek into oh it's kind of the different culture of surfing the different cultures of surfing Everywhere. I've never been to Japan. It sounds like a pretty trippy place. I'd love. I'd go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't describe that. 
No. 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 Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible and weird. Everything and they do is so intricate. Yeah. Nothing's... They'd measure my boards after their glass to make sure my, board, my, my dimensions were the right on. Like, so I had to shape them literally a sixteenth thinner because after their glass, they gain a little bit. So, yeah, they, they, they're full on. But their love for surfing is crazy. Yeah, it's unreal. Did, have you said, did you surf while you were there? Yep. Good waves? No, terrible waves. I know there's good waves, yeah, yeah, but yeah. when I was there, no, yeah. no luck. Two foot, yeah, onshore. And so then how, how, you kept cranking them out. Yep. I know there's going to be, there's a transition in here. There's a massive one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah, keep going on that trajectory. Well, you know, I, I can't, and then there was a slow, look, I, we, we, we kept getting these offers, these people in suits keep coming into the factory saying we're going to make, we're starting to make boards in China. Just over here, they'll come in. In the here, other factory. Yeah, they're yeah. walking in in suits. You, that Crew you don't one, know. There's, there's your first mistake, walking into a, our factory in a suit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and they're like, you know, we'd love you to get on board. And I'm like, no way. Like, no, I shape my boards. My name's on those boards, so I shape them. And... They're like, you know, you're missing out. This stuff's going to be happening. And, you know, and I was given fair warning it was coming. Um, and then, you know, boom, Thailand and China hit like a fucking tsunami through surf. Well, through what we lost all our biggest accounts to them. We... Um, going to have to pause, pause for a moment. Yeah. Sorry, brother. Yeah, you yeah. So, um, so China hit. What, what do you mean when they hit? What are they? How do they hit? Well, all of a sudden, these boxes—like I'd walk into the surf shops that I'd normally supply—and there were all these bright, new, shiny boards that looked quite different, very white and very polished and high spec. And and I, I just noticed my order pile getting smaller everywhere. Oh, I haven't heard from that account in a while, and I'd ring them. No, no, we don't need boards. And but who was shaping these boards? Or were they pop outs? What, what? Total pop outs, just badged up as whatever. But the the price was ridiculous to get everybody on board. They came in with this price that um, that we co- we couldn't even close to compete with. We can't. We still can't, but the prices they initially started coming in at were, there was nothing we could do. There was nothing we could do. So I was still getting some work, but more and more shops were dropping off and shops were my income. So hold on, they were shaped foam boards, glassed. Yep. Yep. Who was, who's shaping these in China? Like, there's not no, this is when the machines for uh, really started developing really quite well. But then you had guys that could shape boards that would go over and train these guys and, and they offered it up to me. I said no. And so, <clears throat> yeah, it, it happened. And I literally watched and I had coming people coming in to order boards off me direct out of the factory and I said how much for a board and I'd be like oh I was that desperate I was like 450 right and that's me literally doing it at cost just mm. to have a board shape 
go, oh, that's so much, dude. <laughs> really? And I'm like, and one day, <clears throat> um, and it was costing me money to be at work. It was literally, I was watching my savings going away because the only price we could cut was our wages. So I was cutting my wage back and back and back till I was, it was costing me money to be at work. And then one day I'm in the factory and I didn't have much work on and I had a guy come in and I finally, I, I, a guy came in, you know, I want to order a custom, how much? And I went unders, so I went under wholesale. And he said, nah, man, that costs too much. And that's the day I weeped. That's, fuck it, that's it. I am f- had a gut full of these fucks, you know, blah, blah, blah. And did you say I to lo- him or did you just... Uh, uh, to back? him, to my dad, to anybody that was going to listen, I, I was punching fucking holes in walls. I was like, <clears throat> the thing, the only thing that I'd really wanted to do was officially gone. It was taken away. So there was no work to do. I was literally offering boards up that were going to cost me money to put them under their feet and they were saying no. And I was, fuck. So I literally, something tweaked. I literally <clears throat> I fell into depression. I found the, the real business end of a bong. I got to know, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and grog and, you know, and I spent all my money. <clears throat> and um, one day I woke up with, I had no money left, none. I'd, there was no shaping. I told them, I'm fucked. So you quit everything. I quit. Yeah. I said, Dad, you've never seen me in this factory again. I was over it. I was over it. I lost it. And I bailed. And I, I decided to use the last of... I didn't answer my phone for like six months. It would ring and ring and ring. And um, I was too busy being drunk and high whatever you yeah, know but and were you enjoying that or not you're, well it was kind of good yeah but how good can it really be no i you know, know. <laughs> at the end of the day you're yeah. escapism yeah i was know. totally <laughs> escaped I, I put weight on i was yeah i was i was um yeah i was really depressed though i was really i was shattered um and you really thought that this, that's it. Fuck, that is it. That, like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's, uh, I can't go back to it. What am I going to do? Yeah. And this is from a point of view of somebody that had never even thought of that. What am I going to do? And I literally woke up one day. I went, um, this is back when I smoked. And I went to go buy a pack of smokes. And there was no money left in my account. There was nothing Did left. it decline? It Did was everything. It? Yeah. Everything was gone. Fuck, My job was gone. Feeling, yeah. I had no money, and I was on this. And I was living with a mate. And um, oh, the next day, I was going walking around, lost. Like, what the fuck am I? This is real now. What am I going to do? And I, <clears throat> I saw a, a, just a page in, uh, up on the notice board saying Bricky's labour wanted. I just rang it. I, I said, I've never done this i don't know what even is expected of me but i can tell you i'll work my fucking ass off for you because i didn't have an i needed something with no skill set you know and i figured lugging bricks is pretty close so i said i won't i won't disappoint you i'll work my ass off i'll work you know hard and i did so brickies labored for six months eight months 
for you. I don't know. Did you get fit? Till, oh, I was a machine by the end of that. <laughs> I was a, and I was boxing and I'd like, I'd thought I'm not smoking cones anymore. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. It's bad for me. And I got to get off these durries and I got to get off the booze a bit. And I became this fucking tank. I couldn't believe it. And I was getting all, maybe I should become a personal trainer. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. I should be this. Yeah. I was still totally fucking lost. because yeah, you got, Mojo's the, starting to come back a little bit. Well, my, But my urge was incredible to go shape boards. Really? But it also depressed the fuck out of me. I, the thought of picking up my tools almost made me sick with anxiety, almost. Um, Why, I, though? Um, because because, because, of, because of the money part or because of... You no, turned your back just, on it? Or? I turned my back. I needed to start. Like, I'm going backwards if I pick up my tools right. again. You know, it's, but the urge was so present. Um, and after that, I just couldn't, I couldn't hack being a bricky's labourer, to tell you the truth, anymore. Um, and I rang my brother, who actually, funnily enough, in all my spite and hate of the surf industry, my, my brother ran the Ripco warehouse and I needed any job. And I figured packing boxes was a good, another unskilled, beautiful thing I can do. Mm. So I was, I was working in the belly of the beast, so to speak. You know, like seeing, you know, surfing badges on all these ridiculous items that have nothing to do with surfing and all this crazy. And it was like, it was almost getting. It was my. It was in my face how much the surf industry had gone. And I had a real spite for the surf industry at that time, but I was packing my boxes nonetheless and I was earning a coin and that's all I cared about. And and I, I think I worked my ass off really hard in there because I didn't want to let my brother down for giving me the opportunity. So I went out at guns blazing and now I wanted the best numbers. <laughs> you know, even though I fucking hated it, I wanted to achieve and I didn't, I wanted to show, it wasn't just because my brother, I've got this job. Yeah. I'm working my ass off here yeah. and I'll pull better numbers. And, and, um, and so successfully that I ended up uh, getting a promotion into the marketing um, department mm. and, that's me almost representing the, everything that I didn't like about what was happening in the surf industry. And that only lasted a little while till I was like, I'm not, this isn't me and I'm not comfy here. And um, it's all about putting a branded hat on somebody, you know, and all this stuff. And then my dad had a heart attack. No. Yeah. While I was in that job. Um, dad I, had a heart attack. I didn't know that Russell had a heart attack. Yeah, had a heart attack. Yeah, it was the heaviest moment. It was fuck so heavy. Um, and I I rocked up, and it was on like a Thursday afternoon. And um, I was fuck. What, like dad's legacy? Like, dad was still making boards. So, and I'd left him in the lurch because I was his number one kind of, I don't know, worker mm. or something. And I literally... Prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> but I literally had to quit that moment. I had to, you know, but there was still no work in the factory, but I had to take care of the factory. I couldn't 
dad was in having a triple bypass. He was out of action. And um, so I quit that marketing job. And because there was still not much work, it was really a ding repairing business at that time and all that. So I, I said, Lee, I'm, I'm, can I have like, if that Lee's my brother in the warehouse. Can I have a few hours a week? just so I can make some money and I can keep an eye on the factory. And of course he made that really easy. And um, when dad got a bit better and all that stuff, I I got a nice re-education back into surfboards after a few years away, seeing how still, how fucked it was. It was literally repairing Chinese surfboards. And I still didn't shape myself a board. I still didn't spend much time in there and... Then when dad got better and he was back, I walked away again and then I went and joined a surf school because I wanted out of Rip Curl because that was literally everything. The The whole marketing and the, the, the theme and the agenda of surfing was just weird to me. It wasn't, it wasn't what it once was. And No, it turns into <clears throat> commerce. Yeah, and yeah, money yeah. And, yeah, and not... all this. So I actually went and left Lee and I joined... Um, I just became a surf school. We're not, here, not down here, though? Or yeah, down here? yeah, just yeah. down here. Um, with Mick Sheen. Uh, oh, no, Mick, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just started surf schooling. I didn't even be, you know his wife, Bindi. Bindi. I've known her yeah, yeah. since we were little. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. I was working with them just being a surf school. Like, I'd drive the van down and the truck and all the boards. And, and <clears throat> that's actually probably one of the best jobs I ever had. Sounds it, pretty relaxing. <laughs> it was unreal. It was terrible pay. And, but you, I'd spend the water, all day in the water waiting around, teaching and seeing the thrill of people learning to surf. And all of a sudden, all the bullshit blew away. And I just saw surfing for what it was and how much people were enjoying it and frothing and all that. And I started getting my froth right back on. I was... This is yeah. this is unreal, and yeah. and half the time I was on this eight six G board surfing with all these crew, and and um my boards are all hammered and got no boards. So I was literally surfing an eight six G board for a few months because I didn't have any short boards. And you're too stubborn to sh- shape yourself. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going back and doing that again. Um, but the urge was at me hard at this point. And I was actually walking through all the surf shops trying to find a board I wanted to surf. And there was none there I wanted to surf. So my only option was to go back and shape myself one. And I shaped the first one and it came out exactly how I pictured it in my mind before I touched the blank. What was it? It was just a regular short board at the time, 6.2 or 6.1, something like that. But it's rare not rare, but sometimes you get the perfect 3D image of the shape in your head. And sometimes it's really unobtainable. You're battling the blank the whole time. But this thing literally fell out of the blank for me. It just, boom. And it's exactly what I pictured. I wasn't rusty. The thing came out beautiful. And wow. And I shaped myself another. And then a mate heard, you back shaping. You know, you want to shape an old? You know, you want to shape me one? And then, 
and then fast forward and here I am. That's but, literally... But was that yeah. over there or did That you was just, over there. Yeah. Yep. Just... How long ago was that? Funnily enough, this is serendipitous. I've got a boy that's about to turn six and it was probably... There's a little caveat to this story, I should add. Well, I, was getting get, my yeah. fro- my, I was getting my froth on for surfing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was still a laze about... And, and I'd, I'd found the power of pot again um, oh, yeah, in yeah. Surf, yeah. surf schooling. So I'd been off that for a fair while and found my way back to that. And in between surf schools, I was sleeping. And I had my, my girl who I'd met in this time of my life where she, the, the guy she met had never surfed or shaped a boat in his life, you know. So I was... Uh, yeah. Um, so how did you meet her? She made me a coffee at a cafe she's just working behind the counter at a cafe and she was stunning and um i didn't know her. i'd never seen her before and you know what i was intimidated by it mm. oh, well there tick 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 mm. let's do that she, mm-hmm. i'm scared shitless of her so um i'd kind of go in I'd, I'd scratch around for coins and <laughs> yeah go in and and i wore her down with my eyeballs. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I just kept staring her down. <laughs> I wore her down until like she finally <laughs> came to me and said, look, here's my number, all right? Really? Because you know? yeah, she was standing like a mute. Yeah, she was fair income. You know, she's, come on. Are you going you gonna, to you gonna actually ask? Uh, you know, so she finally put me out of my misery and she came over and she said, look, here's my phone number. Oh, that's so nice of her. Yeah, put me out of my misery. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm the dude that had never shaped a board, never, I was, and I loved that she, I, I, you know, cause I was known for Corey Graham, shaping surfboards, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I loved the anonymity of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. I'm working at surf school. I'm working at surf school and, you know, so I, I enjoyed that she didn't know any of, of that. Mm. So, so yeah, we, we'd hooked up, we'd been together for a while and, <clears throat> and then, you know, we we were. I was taking her out surfing all the time too, teaching her to surf. Um, and I was sleeping a lot, surf schooling, bonging. She's working two jobs to support, you know, the wonder kid here. And and uh, and in between fits of sleeping on the couch, surf schooling and teaching her how to surf, I took her out one day and she's cooking and I'm I'm giving her a hard time and she's gone, you know, I'm cooking and something's not feeling right and stuff and she's just gone, you know what, I think I'm pregnant. And I'm like, well, oh, all right. <laughs> well, you said you wanted to get pregnant, so, you know, that's pretty cool and she's just like, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. You know, I'm, like, I'm stoked. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, yeah, a big change, but whatever. Wow, awesome, um, awesome way to embrace. Yeah, yeah, I was... Well, I'd pretty much done you know, a lot yeah, of yeah, different yeah, stuff, yeah, so yeah, another yeah. change is nothing. <laughs> and anyway, we got home, did the pregnancy test. She's working two jobs. I'm a on the bong surf school instructor bum. And she said she wanted to get pregnant. And she found out she was pregnant and she started fucking bawling. Oh, what? Yeah, it was heavy. It was like it was a fucking disaster in her eyes. Well, look at me, man. I was on the sl- I was on the couch of the bong and 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 right. surf schooling <laughs> yeah. and no ambition for anything. Like, 
Um, and she's working two jobs literally to pay for me, yeah. you know, because yeah. I wasn't making enough to contribute, you know. Um, support a child. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, so she she burst into tears, like like her getting pregnant was a disaster. And that was my light bulb. That was it. Here's the girl that wanted to get pregnant and she's pregnant and she told me she loves me and she's in love with me and she's terrified because she's pregnant with my baby. And I thought, yeah, shit together time, Corey. You know, yeah. shit together Yeah, time. That's, that's real. Yeah, that's, this is all real. This is it. Yeah. At that point, I had $60 in the bank. Yeah, 60 bucks. That, that was it. And she was still taking me. You're like, you know, this is a girl that's let me in her life and I'm a bum and 60 bucks. And I literally fucking went, right, fuck, right. I'm walking back into that factory tomorrow and I'm going to make that shit mine. I'm going to, I just thought that's it. And I literally walked in and I thought, right, well, there's a board that needs a ding repair. There's, I'm going to just start fixing it. I'm going to... You know, and yeah. I just became this Swiss Army surfboard fucking thing. You yeah. know, it just went in. <laughs> and I'm like, that board needs sanding. And I picked up, sanded it. And I just went turbo because I, you know, like... You had a mission. You I had, had a child a, on I the had way. A, I had a goal. I had a thing. I had a... I had my girl crying. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. know? Mm. And... And... and, um, and I just thought, well, look, making boards is what I want to do and, and I've got to make that happen. I don't know how because there was nothing. Yeah, China around. and, yeah. Yeah, but fuck it. So I went in, I made that shit mine. I, um, if there was boards to repair, I'd repair it. If there was a board to be sprayed, I'd spray it. If there were, you know, and... The beautiful thing that happened at that point, because there was so many shit house Chinese boards on the market, ding repairs were they were they were on tap. Yeah, you know yeah. they were all falling apart. Yeah. And well, that so <clears throat> my first week back at work, I had sixty bucks in my bank. I'd spent that sixty bucks that week, and I'd earned sixty bucks, so I was still level. So yeah. I just made the next week. I'm going to make hundred and twenty dollars, and it was as simple as that. Right, how am I going to make 120 bucks next week? And so on and so on and more. So I was literally there as a ding repairer at the start. And then... So hold on, when did... did, And Russell's still on the mend or he's better? He's better. He's in there. He's doing his thing. But I literally came back in. He's he's almost, what are you doing here? I said, I'm I'm, I'm here to make this shit happen. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't tell him Pete was pregnant yet. Yeah. He was just, all right, well, there's not much going on. I said, well, yeah, all right, well, you know, got to start somewhere, you know. Yeah. I got no money, got no job, yeah. got a pregnant girl. And um, slowly but surely, people had come in the factory and said, oh, Corey, you're back, you know. And do you, I, I had a board of yours like three years ago, four years ago. I loved that board. I Search for you everywhere. You wouldn't answer your phone. You know, <laughs> and, you know, I, yeah, I'd, I'd one order a tick over here and there and more and more and more and more people were wigging on that these Chinese boards were fucking terrible. And, and 
it just kept snowballing till the point where I couldn't do things anymore. I'm too busy. And, yeah. You know, and and I also underinformed myself about the actual surf industry, which was a really freeing thing. Not, I don't read any surfing publications. I don't. I don't go into surf shops. I, no, uh, that's healthy. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't think surfers go into surf shops, no, it's, honestly. It's, it's an icky feeling. Yeah, it's disco. But anyway, I, I, um, and I kept having ideas and I was free of giving a shit about what the industry was doing. Um, so I started shaping boards that weren't, I don't know, normal. And... Because I'm just experimenting on myself, and I was there for the pleasure and the fun of it again, not for money. Or, or, or I was for the money, but uh, yeah. But I was also f- free of giving a shit what the surf industry was doing. I was just there for me. I wasn't there for <clears throat> to be anybody or do anything. Yeah, well, what they say they say with whatever it is in the industry that you're working at, mm. they, it's you got to know the rules. Yeah, yeah. And then be able to know them to break them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just... I forgot they were there. I just, I just, I just shaped... I Honestly, I had my mojo back. I was in the swing and there still wasn't that much money. But I was, I was willing to graft hard and, and, and I, was, I was really enjoying shaping. And that... The foam drinks up that and, and, um, and I... I was putting a good feeling into my boards and that was freeing me to do the, you know, some of the crazy shapes you're seeing sitting around here because I didn't give a, a shit. I mm. really didn't give a shit. I just was there for the fun of it. And um, and I, I guess that's that's essentially what got me to where I am, us sitting in the shop here right now, is, yeah, I, I, I'm still going in that dusty little room every day and I'm enjoying the shit out of the place. Cause I get, that's where I that's my office. That's, <laughs> that's what I do in that room. I get to come in here and make surfboards and make a living and support my family and work with my family and making surfboards. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's coming ridiculous. in here, you've got a million different shapes from yeah. squashy little five yeah. five weird things <laughs> to longboards to yeah. guns. Yeah. You know, yeah. your old man next door, Taylor next door, good yeah. dudes. Yeah. Artwork. My girl, she painted that. My girl designed all my logos. She designed this shop. She's still, do- she's still picking me up. It's just so nice, man. It's just such yeah. a refreshing, you know. Yeah, it's nice that I've been able to keep it in with people I, I love too. Like, I'm not clocking into my own, like, brand where i've got all these workers running around and i i i've literally just i'm doing this with my dad and taylor's come along and he's he's a champion (laughs) he doesn't even realize how i I, I bump into him around town in the water and i'm always like yeah he's awesome and my girl's coming in and she paints boards and she puts her pottery in my shop and and it's great. No, I don't, it's awesome. But I don't know how the hell I got it. Like, you've heard the stupid way I got to get it. No, yeah, but, but you've got here through a lot of hard work. Yeah, but all, there's no... And there's still no goal to this. Like, 
I don't know what the hell's next. Fuck, man, nobody does. Gosh, yeah, you're right. But, you know, I, 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 I shape stupid things and I have a ball and I get to hang with people I love and I'm somehow I've managed to get paid to do this. Like, honestly, I get paid to come and... Well, you know what they say. I always, this, I've said this twice yeah. now. You know what they say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what they sake? say, do what you love yeah. and the money will follow. Yeah. I've got uh, What's the saying I like? It's by Bukowski. Find what you love to do and let it kill you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, I, and I'll literally work, like dad, he, I'm going to unfortunately find him under a glassing bay here with resin on him, mm. you know, hardened over him. He'll become a part of the floor here. You know, like... Pull a sheet of six ounce over Yeah, over him and literally <laughs> laminate him. He won't need a coffin. Yeah. He'll just be glassed. Yeah, like it. Like yeah. It. And, yeah, I... And I honestly... I, I love that saying. I also... There's a Willie Nelson saying yeah. I also love, which is, if you fail at anything long enough, you become a legend. All right? Yeah. And I... I dig that because I actually don't really ever want to succeed in surfboards because have you seen what the people in surfboards that are succeeding now look like you know no big monolithic brands of things of liters and all kinds of crazy you know like if that's what success looks like fuck that yeah like i'm out (laughs) you know i this is as big as my ambition is this little shop here no man it's humane it's real yeah and real boards yeah it's awesome yeah dude's coming in picking up boards now you're on fire because everyone's talking about you back chafing around town yeah yeah which is nice i do yeah it's nice that people yeah you know i'm just i'm just happy that they enjoy what i do i'm a lucky thing that uh, you know uh, people are enjoying what I, I enjoy doing and and people get pleasure I get texts from people at all kinds of weird hours saying thank you so much for that board it's the best board I've ever had and rah 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 and then other times at 10.30 at night I get phone calls from crew that are on the business end of a bong and they've had a great idea and they want to share that with me at <laughs> night about this new seven fin idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, with fins both ends. All that. Yeah. But yeah, look, I, t- I am truly um, blessed to have ended up and the best thing I ever did for my surfing and my shaping was walking away from surfing and shaping and coming back to it new. Like, coming back to shaping new is honestly the best thing it's changed my whole perspective of everything, of everything. If even um, for what surfing actually is back to its rawest of the actual just surfing itself with it taking all industry out of it. it me walking away and rediscovering was epic. Yeah, changed. It's, well, it's, the, it's the classic, it's a hero's journey. That's what like all, all cinemas yeah, built on. Yeah, is, yeah. You know, the, you go off the, on a thing, you face yeah. the dragon. Yeah, yeah. You know, you obstacles, and you go away. You come totally. home. It's yeah. the journey, man. Yeah, yeah, fully. Yeah, it's quite a journey. That's awesome, Corey Graham. <laughs> John, are we good to clip it? Anytime you want, mate. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for your interest. Nah, cause awesome. <laughs> Is the nature of the human With market forces and money on horses 
Less on charity, more on bookie flutters While the rubber bones got clarity We're breaking cookie cutters And we're moving back the goalpost, dig There you have it uh, If you've come this far, thanks so much for listening um, 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 They say you shouldn't say um But you know, look, it's pretty hard not to But if you have come this far, thanks so much for listening That was Corey Graham's story What a, what a great story And you know, it's pretty awesome to hear Corey's story. For me, it just makes me realize the struggle. The struggle is real, you know, and it doesn't matter what what you're doing. You know, I think that's just part of life, you know. Just there's ups and downs and, and you get close to the flame and you walk away, you drop the ball, you say, fuck it. And maybe one day you get up and you, you pick up the ball again, you know, and you march on. And it's just the struggle, the wrestle with what's important, what's not important. Yeah, um... You know, I mean, we all have times when we want to just disconnect. I know I do. Um, yeah, and then you have days where you just want to be connected and you want to be close to people. And uh, so it's just, you know, it's funny. And talking to Corey just make that that's real, you know. And that's and such an honest conversation. He was so awesomely honest with himself and me and you as a listener. So, Corey, you're a legend. Thanks heaps. And uh, anyone else out there who's listening, Thanks, and I hope you have a great day, week. You know, whatever it is you're up to, get on the front foot. Or don't. Chill. Get on the couch. Watch a movie. Who gives a shit? Just do whatever feels true to you at that time. Don't beat yourself up about it. Try and be healthy, though. All right. I don't know why I said try and be healthy, though. Sound like someone's parents. And I'm not someone's parents. Just do whatever you want to do. Just enjoy the day. Ciao. You got a mouthful of dirty money. I said money, 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 yeah, yeah. money, 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 money,